The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast, a very special edition of the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's our trade deadline show, baby. Gentlemen, my name is Tal Jenkins. I'm joined with our host. We got Ryan Gilbert and Joel Meyer. Boys, how the hell are we doing tonight? Uh, much like Chuck Fletcher, I am just sitting here waiting for people to call me. Uh, I'm selling my wares, but I'm not going to call anybody to try to initiate some conversations. I'm just going to wait till. An hour or two before the trade deadline, while everyone else has already gotten the, the forwards that they want, and then just hold on to my my biggest asset, uh, JVR, as well as Justin Braun and Nick Sealer and Travis Connecting and everyone else that has any relevance whatsoever, and just continue to fail at my job. At least Ron Hextall's gone, though, right? Oh, Ron Hextall has—I don't know <laughs> if he's a sleeper agent or if he's just just a horrible GM, GM, possibly both. Yeah, I mean, uh. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still doing okay. Uh, I was going to, yeah, we were talking about golf last episode, but we got to bring some more golf into the show right now. I watched the, uh, uh, what's it called, Full Swing. Oh, yeah. The other day. Is that good? Uh, Is that good? Oh, through it in a couple nights, so I'm getting into it. Uh, 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 I don't think it's as good as Talon let on, and uh, it's not as good as I expected after how good the drive to survive series was um, it's not as good as the f1 one one. is that one good for for non-f1 fans like could i watch that oh yeah that's how you get into it started watching it yeah that's how everybody got into it it's very good like uh introducing everything much like uh full swing is in terms of like giving the most basic information like uh uh, like explaining what a fucking par is or uh you know (laughs) what the schedule is like that bad Uh, it's fine. It's fine. You see the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like you see, like how much like Brooke Kepka like actually gives a shit about his game. You just think this guy yeah, just was... kind of went out there and did his thing, right? Like there's some cool little tidbits, man. That was a good episode. But uh, the whole thing is they were like building up this live thing, this dark live thing, and then it it just uh, amounted to like a climax where uh, Rory's like "fuck you, Phil," and that that was Fuck that was Rory. basically the uh, the end of it. Yeah, I mean Rory's uh, the biggest then... pussy on tour, man. Fuck that guy. <laughs> they just show these heroes these... so bad. They just show uh, Phil just uh, walking around and Greg Norman walking around and like uh, those are the bad guys and uh, yeah it's a it it not end quite like that but uh, there was some cool stories in there too like uh, Joel Damon was a good episode fun episode I didn't mind uh, Ian Poulter too uh, Tony Fino obviously uh, yeah 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 they they were all good in their own way but uh, I don't know they're just none of the 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 drama and like the intensity of the uh, the Formula One guys because those guys legitimately hate each other whereas the the golf guys they're all more or less friends right so it's it's hard to create drama like that I guess. No, that's fair for sure. I get that. Um, 
there were some cool tidbits, man. Like exactly what you just touched on. Like, yeah, there's some beginner stuff where it just talks about like the average, like, oh, this is how the PGA tour works. There's a cut, which maybe not as much anymore. That's news for another day. Um, and yeah, I kind of wish they went more into the live stuff too. Uh, unfortunately they didn't. I think the players didn't have to like participate, but because uh, they were still with the PGA at the time, they could use the footage of them. That's why you just saw like Phil walking around as opposed to like doing interviews and shit at the time, right? So um, that side of it too. But I don't know. It was cool. Check it out, Ryan. You know, it's it's something to watch. And check out the F1 though, man, if you haven't seen it. It's fucking oh, sweet. Yeah, that that's the one I'd probably check out first based off Joel's mm-hmm. review of yeah, the uh, golf one. No, for sure. And you know what? The golf one's not as good as the F1. They don't go into like as heavy detail as they do. And then that's basically, that's literally how everybody got into fucking F1 the past like four <laughs> years anyways. So. Yeah. They're doing an NFL one too. This I or, saw that. They did already. Like quarterbacks with like yeah. Mahomes, Cousins, and uh, Mariota, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm I'm getting scared every time I look out my window. There's fucking lightning and a snowstorm. It's still it's still snow thunder or lightning thunder or lightning snow, whatever the hell I was calling it. It's fucking terrifying though, bro. Um, other than that, I'm doing good though, boys. We're gonna pop off here. We're gonna get going though. Everybody, go check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Network website. That's the place to be. Tons of sports going on right now. We got F1 starting this Sunday. We were talking about it. Uh, practice runs are today, actually. Qualifying would be tomorrow, uh, I guess on the Saturday. Bunch of stuff going on. We got March Madness is doing its thing. NBA is popping off. Playoffs right around the corner. NHL, we just had the trade deadline day. That's what this show is about. Uh, playoffs gonna be around the corner for that too. Baseball is in the preseason. There's that crazy, unreal world tournament that's going to be happening for baseball too i forget the name even though ryan just told me like twice um tons of stuff going on in the world of sports nascar is doing his thing mma we got some good golf going on great time to be a sports fan baby um find all the information at the sports gambling podcast network website listen to the other shows man it's a great way to win some money all the hosts kick ass too some good content you'll get some laughs along the way xfl too uh and shout out to all of our friends and pals in the discord discord's always popping off everybody's in there doing some stuff having a good time being a support system we established that last show being a support system which is big uh and everybody's winning money man so that's absolutely sick shout out to all of our friends and pals in the discord it's the uh, World Baseball Classic, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, make mm-hmm. sure you check out Baseball Money is Fake if you're a baseball fan, particularly fantasy baseball, but we do touch on everything there. And yeah, make sure you do check out the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. I've been putting in some uh, live bets there the past few nights that have, have turned out pretty well, uh, so hopefully that continues tonight with the Devils now up 2-1 at the start of the second period. Um but yeah, make sure you follow the and subscribe to the Hockey Gambling Podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Because if you're listening this long and you haven't left one, and I've I've begged so many times, I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I really don't. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to jump into this. This is our special 2023 trade deadline show. You know, all the lasers and shit. That sound. Um, now, let's be honest here. There were so many goddamn trades this year. Obviously, a lot of them happened before the deadline. We're not going to go into every trade. We're not going to go into, like, if some shit-ass team, like, you know, example, like, the Islanders picking up Pierre Engvall. We're not going to talk about that, okay? We're going to go over a couple of the big names. We got a couple ones that were kind of pointed out here, more so from some of the contending teams around the league here. Um, so, yeah, if, you know, if you're a fan of a team and we don't get to yours, like, oh, I'm sorry, it probably means your team sucks. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But let's, we, we only got so much time here and there's a lot of shit to cover. Um, just, anything just- to add on that? 
just wait till Pierre Engvall uh, breaks a toenail and Talon will make sure it's uh, front and center of the show. <laughs> 100%. Hard-hitting, hard-forechecking. Islanders legend. He shaved. He looks weird now. I hate the loop-based people shave. He looks weird, but I don't know. Anyways. Um, all right, boys. Anything else to add before we get into it here? Or are we just going to jump right into things? Well, let's get her. All right. Oh, that's fuck. Fuck, you've been like doing a podcast with some Canadians for a while, eh? Let's fucking get oh, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, First trade, we're going out to New Jersey, baby. Home of the Devils, home of the New Jersey Dolphins, the Miami Devils, whatever you want to call them. They probably picked up arguably one of the best players that were actually available come uh, this trade season. They were able to acquire Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, It was a massive package. We're not reading through anything. Timo Meyer and like fucking four other guys and a pick went and then they got like a first conditional second and a bunch of other fucking guys too. Uh, this is big though, man. New Jersey, you know, they, they, if you think about Timo Meyer, he's kind of one of those players that can do it all. He's a big, strong body. He plays strong. Like he, he'll hit you. He's a physical guy, but he's, he can score fucking goals, man. Like this guy's almost like the total package. Uh, I think he's an RFA at this year. So New Jersey will still have his rights um so yeah they can obviously if it goes well lock them up keep them going and uh, just build to that strong new jersey team they got a lot of young guys they're a very fast team so he fits in the mold there maybe they were the biggest and physical team man so it's almost exactly what they needed it was the perfect pickup uh for the devils here i've been kind of riding on them a little bit this year i uh i might have to fucking chew on my words with the with the acquisition of this guy boys what do you think about timo meyer to the devils yeah, good work by the Devils there to get the uh, probably best free agent on the board. I'd say definitely the best free agent on the board. Timo Meyer has been great for the Sharks, and we know how, how horrible that team is. So put him on a uh, Devils line with either Nico Heischer or, or Jack Hughes there, and he'll probably be, be even better. I don't know if this moves the needle a whole bunch for the Devils because it does still rely on their goaltending, whether it's uh, Vanacek or Blackwood or Kira Schmid, who's starting tonight. And their defense as well. I mean, Dougie Hamilton has been good for them. Uh, Siegenthaler, John Marino, Ryan Graves, good top four. But it's a matter of if they're built for the playoffs yet. And I don't know if, like, they can make a run this being their first year in the playoffs. You know, the, the young players going in there not having the experience. So it might help them push the Hurricanes a bit here. They're one point back with uh, one more game played. Still big underdogs there in the division, but yeah, it gives them another weapon, especially after the uh, their counterparts up in uh, the New York Rangers went out and got a few guys. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, this is a, a good trade for the Devils, and I hate that they're getting good again while the Flyers are just floundering. Yeah, uh, Talon mentioned the important part here is that uh, the, the Devils are a smaller team. It's fast as fuck, though, but uh, you need some size in the playoffs, some size and strength. And uh, Meyer, I think he's around what are they, 210 pounds, something like that, 220 pounds maybe. Uh, big, strong guy, young guy, also fits in with their uh, speed. So, yeah, this is exactly what they needed. Um, also, they picked up uh, Curtis Lazar for a fourth uh, from the Sabres. So that's another depth piece and... Yeah, Meyer adds a bit more experience, too. Back when the Sharks were good, he, he played some playoff games. So that helps with the lack of uh, veterans in terms of the, the Devils roster there. But, uh, yeah, huge pickup for the Devils. Uh, their offense just keeps getting better and better. 
Uh, all right, we're going to keep things out east here a little bit. Boys, we're going to talk about the Sens. We were pumping their tires a little bit last show. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it for the games for Saturday. Um, they uh, they got the big horse, man. Everybody was talking about, and we've been talking about this for two and a half years, where the hell is Jacob Chikrin going to end up? I feel like this guy's been on the trade block for literally two and a half seasons now. Uh, Ottawa's a destination, man. I believe there was a conditional first-round pick, uh, second-round pick um, that is conditional as well. And then another second round pick. I feel like, I feel like it's a, I think everybody feels the same way. It's a bit of a lackluster package, man. Everybody's been saying that Minnesota, or not Minnesota, rather, uh, Phoenix or Arizona, whatever the fuck they're called, they overplayed their hand, man. They've been asking for the world for this guy. And the fact that they've been holding out that long and this is all they got kind of sucks. But no need talking about the Coyotes when it comes to this. Let's talk about the Sens here, man. This is the perfect addition for them. They got a strong, solid, young, offensively minded defenseman. His defensive numbers are fantastic as well especially with a terrible uh coyotes team um he's gonna do some damage right and he has term on his deal right so this guy's gonna be around for the long haul for this team uh you know they're about to sell the team get new owners you might be seeing some special stuff in ottawa but as it currently stands for this year they're four points out of a playoff spot i don't see how this doesn't put them over the hump man like i, I know i'm chewing on my words again here when it comes to the sense because i was chirping them um but yeah, dude, like, fuck, this is an awesome acquisition. One thing I want to say, too, I was uh, I was watching Pure Dorian's uh, or Pure Dorian's press conference after the trade deadline here. Sure, I know it's a Pure Dorian. Uh, Pure Dorian's uh, press conference after the deadline. And you know what, man? Like, every time I hear him talk, because he looks like just such a fat fucking pig. But every time I hear him talk, like, he's just a down-to-earth guy. He's saying all the right things. Man. So you know what? Like, we wanted, our goal for this year is to be playing meaningful games at the trade deadline. We did that. Um, and we've, we've been proud of the boys. We got, like, Brady, or sorry, uh, yeah, Brady Kachuk's had a hell of a season. Stutzel's had a hell of a year. So they they, they brought in Chikrin and just added the likes of a strong player like that to an already young, talented roster, man. It's And he said something that was cool. He's like, just let the boys just go and have some fun at this point, man. Like, whatever happens, happens. Um, gain experience. You know, I think Joel was touched on it last show. I forget he was saying, but get, or maybe even with New Jersey here, uh, get some fucking experience, man, under their belt. So it's a, it's a great pickup. Um that Atlantic division, man, couple of years, it's it's sick right now. Who knows how sick it's going to be in another few years, too. Yeah, you, you mentioned Dorian, and it reminded me that um, he said, he said, quote, the other thing, I probably shouldn't say this, but I made a promise to Claude Giroux that I would get a D before the end of the year, and we got him a D. That's uh, The Senators have done more for Claude Giroux in less than one season than the Flyers did in over a decade. Uh, Kurt wrote a great article over at Broad Street Hockey, kind of detailing that. Yeah, the Senators, this was a great trade for them. And this is one of the only trades here I want to talk about the return where, yeah, Talon, you said it. The, the Coyotes got a first-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and then a second-round pick in 2026. They said they were holding out for two first-round picks. Uh, that's not two first-round picks. Maybe it's the equivalent if you add up the second round in 2024. But 2026 just seems like it's so far away. And they held him out for almost a month. And to only get this package for him seems kind of uh not not as much as they, as they should have got i don't know if they could have held on to them for the offseason but yeah this is a, a huge trade for the sens uh they are just percentage points behind the islanders four points back three games in hand so as long as they take take care of their business they're in a playoff spot and uh hopefully they do make the playoffs so i have uh, the ottawa claude Giroux to root for uh, good deadline by the Senators. Uh, yeah, Chikrin should be a part of their defense with uh, Thomas Chabot and Jake Sanderson for, for years to come. And they have Alex Dabrinkat, Tim Stutzel, uh, Brady Kachuk. Senators had a 
good rebuild. They're going to be in the mix now in the Atlantic for uh, the foreseeable future. Also, I have to point out the uh, Senators did also acquire Patrick Brown from the Flyers for a sixth-round pitch. It's a fantastic oh, yeah. pickup there. Who the hell is Kurt? Kurt. He's a he's an editor and writer at Browser Hockey. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Good guy, Kurt. Um, he sounds like a beauty. He is a beauty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys uh, basically covered this whole thing once again. Uh, Chikrin is, uh, is a damn good player, but uh, he's been uh, injured quite a bit and then uh, fake injured quite a bit in terms of <laughs> holding him out. Um, trade-related reasons, as they say these days. Uh, yeah, but the Senators obviously need uh, some major help on the back end, and Chikrin should be able to achieve that for them. Um yeah, I mean, this team is uh, trashed defensively, so he'll have his work cut out for him, that's for sure. But uh, I like how one of the conditions for this pick was uh, the, the the year gets, or the, 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 the pick goes to next year if the Senators make the Eastern Conference Finals. So uh, <laughs> uh, I hope that the, the Senators make the second round and then uh, the fucking Coyotes get a... a a worse pick because that's the reason why they, they did the, this deal because they think that oh the Senators are shit they're gonna make miss the playoffs and whatever then it's gonna be like a, a great pick like 10 11 whatever and then uh they're gonna wish that they got the two first instead uh, after everything said it done if the Senators make the playoffs which is what I'm hoping for I, I know we are not talking about games on this podcast, but shout out WinBet, the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet's active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win. Get it on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. If you're 20 or older and present, they were played through when available. If you're somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. Got some uh, great sweatpants over there, apparently, according to Talon's yeah. comments last show. And just in time for March, 10% off when you spend more than $40 and use the code MADNESS. All right, here uh, we're gonna keep things in the Atlantic for a little bit here. We're gonna talk about the Boston Bruins. Uh, a couple key acquisitions for them: they were able to get uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet uh, Hathaway from the Capitals to cost them Craig Smith a first, second, and third. Uh, and then they were also able to add Tyler Bertuzzi from the Red Wings, uh, and that cost them a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Joel, we're gonna throw this one over to you, buddy. We keep uh, we keep taking away all the talking points. Why don't you go here? Sure, yeah, this is a, a massive, massive deadline uh, signal here by the Bruins. Uh, this is their last dance, so to speak. So they're going all in and uh, forfeiting their draft capital, but uh, it doesn't really matter because they'll still have a good team going forward. Um, uh, but it's all about Bergeron and Krejci right here. I doubt that they'll be back next year, uh, despite how good they're playing. Uh, it just feels like this is their, they're, they're pushing all the chips in. 
And that's why they get uh, some, oh, man, these are proper Bruins. Like Garnet Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi, these guys are snarling. Just like uh, Brad, these two guys, in addition to Brad Marchand, man, they're going to piss the living shit out of the whatever <laughs> team they play against. And Dimitri Orlov, too, he's got a mouth on him as well. Feisty uh, defenseman, can play uh, both sides, is a great puck mover as well as uh, capable defensively as well. So, yeah, this, uh, I mean, the, the Bruins are the deepest team by far in the league right now and uh they're the defensive core i mean the, the they're sitting Stugs. matt grizzlick and he studs yeah, matt grizzlick plays on a, a top four on most teams and they're sitting this guy scratching him and that's that's just how good they are right now and connor clifton is another one who will probably get scratched as well and uh, he's awesome too so it's just uh their, their defensive core in particular is amazing um, they did lose Foligno and Taylor Hall for the next little bit, but uh, as long as they're back by the playoffs, that's all that matters. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they're going to keep at least one of them out for cap reasons, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the old Kucherov, right? So yeah, you got to do what it takes to win. And that's what the Bruins do. Yeah. You, you add, you look at their lines right now. I mean, their, their second line is Zaka, Krejci and Pasternak. You had, Bertuzzi, Hall, and, and Felino to to their to their second line and bottom six. You just have a so much depth there, along with the with the defense you talked about, and obviously, Allmark and Swayman are both fantastic goalies. Even though Allmark steals the spotlight, Swayman there much younger, equally as good so far this season in terms of the uh, stats. So yeah, this is all about the playoffs for Boston. It seems like this is they convinced Bergeron to come back, take a uh, two point five million dollar one year deal. Seems to be possibly the, their last dance, like you said. So, yeah, Boston is the odds-on favorite right now, as they should be. They're just 48-8-5 and five this season. Just absolutely insane. And I don't know if any team can, can truly beat them unless there's a significant injury to them. The rich get richer, eh? Like, holy shit. Um, Jolie said something that was very interesting. Like, the, these guys are these guys are brunes, man. Like, who they added? <laughs> Garnet Hathaway, Dimitri Orlov, Tyler Bertuzzi. Like, these guys are Boston brunes through and through, man. And they fucking play like it. They're physical. They're strong. They're chirpy. They'll, uh, they'll let you know. They'll tell you. They'll fucking beat you by 12 and then tell you you suck, right? So that's the Boston way. Um, yeah, this is a scary team to look at on roster, man. And I, you know, you talk about, yeah, they mortgage their future. You know, their prospect pool isn't really that deep. Um, and then they're just dishing picks out. But I mean, how, how can you not like, look at, look at what this team's done this year. Look at what they have. Like we just said, look at them on paper. They're an absolute fucking wagon, man. So, uh, good day to be a Boston Bruins fan. I'll tell you that. Uh, and I feel bad and I'm really scared if, if the, my Leafs have to go up against this fucking team. Um, but yeah, it is a great acquisitions all around, dude. So yeah, there's not enough good things to say about it. Um, question: Did you, did you guys cover it before? We don't got to go too into. Did you talk about the uh, Pasternak signing? We did not. No. Okay, so yeah, anybody who doesn't know they extended Pasternak. What was it, an eight-year deal? I think it was like a 11.2 or 11.3 million per year or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a good contract, bro. <laughs> this guy's he's sick. He's David Pasternak for Christ's sakes. He's an absolute stud. You know, the cap's going to be going up too, so you lock him in for term, uh, decent value price. I know. People are saying, oh, it's not the Bruins way. He didn't take a big of a discount. It's like, man, this guy could have asked for like 13 and deserved every penny of it, right? So uh, I know we talked a lot of shit about it on this show, poking the bear, having some fun with it. But uh, it, was a, it was a great signing for the Bruins and uh, good for Pasternak, man. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Carolina pick up someone like that. But yeah, a great contract for, for both sides there, even if it is, does seem like a lot at 11.25 uh, million. 
Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that the Bruins are going to be great for a while. They got uh, Pasternak, McAvoy locked up, and Lindholm. These guys are all still in their prime, so the Bruins will be good even after uh, those veterans depart. And, yeah, Marshawn will still be around, too. He's, he's still playing at an elite level, especially on that penalty kill, man. Like, there's no better penalty kill in the league. But now, we don't got to get into it too bad. Like, at what point do you have to start, like, building through free agency? Because they don't have prospects, and they don't really have picks, like, yeah, they they have that fat Fabian LaSalle or fat Fabian as uh, <laughs> one guy. This ain't basketball. Uh, oh, he's a pretty good player, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you just need Pastor to hit Nacken, on a, yeah a few free agents, and you're still in the mix. Yeah, Allmark is there for until 2025, and they have Swayman too, five years younger. McAvoy, Lindholm both locked up. Carlo through 27, so they'll, they'll be here for for years to come, even if Bergeron does retire. True. Um, all right, we're gonna move things down here. Town, town uh, is just uh, town's got wishful want, thinking. That that's I want them to be shit so fucking bad. They have no <laughs> idea what it's like. They don't know the pain I felt in my fucking life, bro. Um, okay, moving down to New York here. Uh, obviously a big player in the deadline. You know when they picked up Tarasenko, everyone was like, oh, we're like, oh, great fucking deal. We talked about that on previous shows. Well, guess what? They fucking got Patty Kane as well. Um, I don't even know what, whatever they, they picked up Kane and they picked up some Cooper Zek guy. They traded a third round pick, a second, fourth, couple other fucking players. They got their guy, baby. People are like, Oh, not a great deal for Chicago. Well, guess what? Kane said, I'm only going to fucking one team. So there's no leverage that Chicago had. Uh, I'm surprised that they got what they did get for him. Um, but anyway, this makes an absolutely unreal firepower, strong goal scoring team, just that much better. And as the fans, we get to profit because we get to see Showtime back in playoffs, man. So that's going to be absolutely sweet. Um, I know that didn't really go his way in his debut the other night. Uh, with that being said, we all know what this guy brings to the table. We all know what Tarasenko brings to the table. We all know what the Rangers as a team bring to the table. Um, I think this team's going to look the hell out, man. These guys could end up being the best team in the Metro, even if it doesn't say it in the standings. Yeah, no, I I completely agree there. Like Kane isn't going to carry them, but he doesn't have to. He's possibly the the fourth or fifth best forward on that team behind Zabana, Jab, Panera. Maybe not fourth best forward, but overall player if you include, include Fox and, and Shesterkin. And uh, we said this, I think, said this with Joel last night, two nights ago. It's going to come down to that kid line again in the playoffs. They, they stepped up big. Lafreniere, Hedl, and uh, Kako, they're together still as a third line. Have a great fourth line there, good good fourth line grinders. So it's going to be their defense. It's going to be, be their depth, but they have that that top line scoring, the top six scoring, two good power play units now. I mean, Tarasenko's on the second unit with, with uh, Trocek and Lafreniere. Obviously, we know Shosturkin can be a, a fantastic goalie. So the Rangers have all the pieces. They made the conference final last year or semifinal last year, and they're they're looking to take that next step this year, and that's what they're lined up to do. Did you guys know that the the Rangers are playing with 17 players the rest of the season because of the uh, the cap structure? The whole season? <laughs> Pretty sure they can't afford to to address Ooh. another player. <laughs> so oh, that's fucking ridiculous. I, it might not be the whole season, something. but uh, for the for the next little bit, yeah. That's I mean, that's part of why I bet on those damn Flyers the other day because uh, they were down uh, all these players, but uh, uh, they lost in overtime. Uh, yeah. The Flyers did, of course. Um, but yeah, for the trade here, Patrick Kane's had a horrific year up until the last couple of weeks here. Uh, but that's just uh, proof that he wasn't really playing um, uh, fully motivated earlier. And uh, now 
that he's uh, pissed off and whatever because everyone else getting dealt to his favorite team except for him. He decided to uh, really show up and uh, score some goals. Uh, and that's not what he's been doing all year. But uh, with uh, his old buddy Artemi Panarin in the same line, uh, they should recreate the magic they had in Chicago here. And uh, yeah, they're going to need some uh, some more scoring than they got in the playoffs last year. Uh, Tampa really were able to shut them down. But uh, yeah, this second line here creates uh, another problem for other defenses. So yeah, it, it could be a huge thing. Um, we should just mention too Tarasenko, uh, another kind of um, volatile character in terms of uh, sometimes wanting to leave a team, sometimes wanting to be the captain, sometimes a uh, bit of both. <laughs> and uh, but he he seemed to have uh, been playing all right in uh, New York early on. So uh, yeah, they got yeah they have a whole bunch of goal scorers here, and it's just a matter of. Um, uh, getting into those positions where those guys can uh, really shoot the puck. I mean, uh, if these guys get on the power play, watch out. That's that's a pretty dangerous uh, power play unit with um, Kane, Kreider, Zabanajad, Panarin, and Adam Fox. That is uh, one of the best there is. So, Yeah, they're going to be a wagon. Um, all right, we're going to move back to the Atlantic a little bit here. Uh, we're going to Toronto, baby. Uh, we talked about the Ryan O'Reilly and Achari trade already in a previous episode, so we don't really got to dig into that. Uh, Leafs did also acquire uh, Sam Lafferty and uh, Jake McCabe from the Chicago Blackhawks, trading Joey Anderson, uh, Pavel Gogolev, first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Um, they also did add Luke Shen as well from Vancouver for a third-round pick. Um, boys, fuck Everybody's been saying it for years, for years, for years, you know, all the skill in the world, but this team doesn't have the physicality. They don't have the grit. They don't have this and that. They don't have players that are willing to play hard and go into the corners and this and that. Well, fuck, man. Dubas put his balls on the line and he did it, right? So everybody I just listed there from Ryan O'Reilly to Achari, from Lafferty to McCabe to Shen, these are guys that aren't afraid to play with an edge. And you saw it a little bit in that Calgary game too, which is nice, man. And yeah, fuck it. It's just it's just great accents to uh to an already strong offensive team. Well, guess what? Now your defense is okay. They got fucking nine NHL quality defensemen. Maybe some of them aren't that great, but they're still worthy of playing in the NHL, right? So, um, depth depth is probably the biggest thing to uh, to talk about when it comes to these acquisitions. Not even from an offensive point of view. Obviously, they have that. Um, maybe missing one of those kind of like star scorers. But I mean, fuck, when you got Matthews, Martyr, Nylander, Tavares, you can't be bitching for more scoring, man. I think the biggest thing when it comes to this team in playoffs, those four guys I just listed have to show up, right? Like Nylander's done it every fucking series, but, you know, and Martyr played well last year, but your big boys got to be your big boys. And then these guys are just key additions, physicality, moving bodies, winning puck battles. Um, it, it, it's good business, man. I like it. As a Leaf fan, I, I love these moves, right? We cost a lot, but you got to give some to get them some, you know? Absolutely. This is this is what Kyle Dubas had to do to, to save to save his ass here. Like otherwise, if he didn't go out and, and make these moves like O'Reilly and Adam, those depth guys, he would have possibly been on the shopping block, I think, if they lost in the first round again. He might still be. I think it'll be more on Keefe or the players though, because Dubas has done everything he can to yeah. support this team. Especially because it's gonna be a tough, tough go in the playoffs, playing the Lightning and then and the Bruins there. Tough uh, two tough opponents there, but I think no matter what, the the Leafs will live and die by their goaltending. Whether uh, Matt Murray mm-hmm. can step up, whether Samsonov can step up, that's what it's going to be. I know there were some uh, back and forth battles last year against Tampa Bay, but if you have if you're going against Vasilevsky, you need your goalie to play as good, if not better than better than him. And that you can add all all the depth pieces you want. And that's great to help you out scoring wise. It comes down to goaltending in the playoffs. So this is. 
is it definitely a a plus for the Leafs, but it doesn't make me say like, okay, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win win around. One thing would lead to the other. So you mentioned Dubis surviving the uh, if they lose in the first round, he won't. He'll be fired. And I don't uh, know. You think so? No, I don't. Lose in the first you're, round. I think you're he's not I don't so. I don't, I don't think. Hear me out. I don't Just think that you're not trading 2026 20, first round picks. And keep in mind, like Matthews loves this guy and his contract's coming up, right? So I don't, I think no matter what happens, you're not seeing Dubas going anywhere, dude. But maybe, but I don't know. I don't think that he would deserve to be gone. But uh, I think at this point, uh, the pressure would be there. And uh, I think uh, Shani would finally pull the trigger. But, uh, like, and then the new guy, he would, he would break up the core. There's no way that the, uh, the core is surviving uh, this year if they lose in the first round, in my opinion. But, yeah, you guys mentioned uh, most of what I was getting uh, to with the the additions here of, uh, yeah, like just a bit more nastiness, a bit more physicality, a bit more grit, and uh, just a little less skill. Uh, less Sandine, less Engvall, um, more um, Nolachari and whatnot. Uh, that, that can only be a good thing in the playoffs because uh, they tried the other way and it wasn't working, so now they're... They're they're going in. They're leaning into playoff hockey, big boy hockey, which uh, uh, Dubas is. He hates that term, is my understanding. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people were expecting them to make some kind of goalie deal, given uh, the fragility of Matt Murray. But uh, with him coming back there, they're really uh, resting. Given um, yeah, there's hoping that he's going to be a fine, and if not, they'll be hoping in an AHL goalie to back up Samsonov, who is not. Uh, at all an experienced goalie. So, uh, yeah, like Ryan was saying, goaltending is going to be key. So the absence of a goalie move is a little puzzling. But uh, other than that, Leafs uh, definitely hit a home run at this deadline. I think one of the biggest things, man, if you're getting to a third-string goalie in the playoffs, like uh, I think it doesn't matter at that point. You're pretty much pooched no matter who you bring in, right? Like if you're losing your two starters, then what the fuck can you do? Yo? Yeah, but the, the yep. problem is that Matt Murray is probably going to get hurt just uh, on the bus yeah. to the, the rink. <laughs> no, so you're it's right. It's really yeah, just one goal you have. You can't rule it out at this point. I think part of it, too, Joseph Wolves had a hell of a year. He was uh, goalie of the year in the AHL All-Star game. Obviously, it's a different league. But uh, he's played well when he's been up with the big team. Now, playoffs, like you said, Joel, whole different animal, right? So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, man. I'm happy for it. Um, I think one of the things, too, worth noting and – we're not going to get too crazy into this, but everyone said, oh, you traded a lot of draft capital. I hate to say it, guys, but like if one of Matthews or Nylander or whoever says next year, man, like, yeah, I'm going to free agency. Like they're trading them so they can recoup some of those assets. And I think that might have been the mindset they had going into this, too. I don't like saying it. Toronto fans won't like hearing it. But, you know, it's a it's a it's a realistic possibility. And these guys earned the right to be free agents. And, you know, they've given everything to the fucking city of Toronto. So you can't blame them if it does come to that, dude. Um, all right, enough of the least. We're going to move down. Uh, we're going to go out west a little bit here. We're going to go to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they made a couple moves, sure enough, their backhand a little bit. Notably, one of the biggest ones, though, they brought in uh, Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. Uh, I think they got like a six-round pick. Nashville retained 4% of his salary. I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, Tyson Berry going out, Reed Schaefer, uh, first and a fourth as well. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this one, buddy? Yeah, Ekholm was uh, has been rumored in, in trade rumors for for a few years now. Flyers were in on him uh, two years ago. Did not get him. Got Ryan Ellis instead, who uh, I think played four games for them. But Ekholm's a, a a great defenseman for the Oilers to add. That that's been one of their main issues, is you know McDavid and Drysaddle carrying them. But but the defense and goaltending uh, 
letting them down. And we're seeing Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell be a pretty good goalie tandem so far this season, adding uh, Ekholm, who right now is playing on the second pair. He's, I think he's a, t- he's a top pair guy for them. They have Nurse and CeCe uh, on the top pair. But either way, uh, a good top four for them. Uh, also added some depth there with uh, Nick Bukestad from the Coyotes. So, yeah, McDavid, we know, can take over a game, can take over a series, but it's a matter of who they're going to play. And and like with the Leafs, can the goaltending hold up? But overall, fantastic deadline, I think, for the Oilers, adding, adding Ekholm. I'm not sure what his uh, contract status is because he'd be a good guy for them to have for the foreseeable future. Uh, he is under contract $6 million a year until 2026. So, yeah, the Oilers wow. got their guy on defense, and hopefully they can they can build around him if they don't win it all this year. It's about time they they finally have a defenseman who can actually defend. Uh, it's been a lot of Tyson berries on that team for the last, uh, well, basically ever since McDavid came in the league and even before that. Uh, this team's always played that same run-and-gun style, don't defend, but uh, trading Barry for Ekholm uh, signals that they're changing things up a little bit. Uh, they'll sacrifice Barry's skill on the power play. They'll move uh, Evan Bouchard up there to the first power play unit. And Ekholm will uh, hold down that back end because uh, the Oilers are, yeah, that that's why they lost to the Avalanche. They they just got destroyed on the on the counterattack. They uh, lots of transition errors and uh, giveaways and whatnot. So Ekholm should uh, calm things down. Uh, he's already looked pretty damn good uh, against the Leafs in that game. So yeah, I love that. And Bukestad is a, is another uh, depth forward they added from. Uh, Arizona was having a pretty good year by my understanding. So, yeah, just uh, another depth four to get in there and uh, a bit more depth uh, goal scoring in addition to uh, a stud defenseman in Ekholm, who is easily the best defender in this uh, deadline thing here after Chikrin. Um, yeah, I agree, especially with something Joel touched on there. Like, you look at this team even before McDavid. They didn't really have, like, defense man. They just had, like, man, you know. So now they actually have, like, a defenseman. <laughs> Someone that can play defense. Um, and, yeah, man, Ryan touched on, too. The guy's got term. What do you say? He signed $6 million till 2026 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy fucking thunder snow, baby. It just popped off. Holy shit, that scared me. Um, yeah, dude, it's fucking with me. It really is. Um, but, yeah, that's a great ad as well as Duke says as well. You know, this, this team has the two best probably arguably the two best players in the world right now at least top three are in there i don't know if you have mckinnon above a dry settle or not but um yeah they got the firepower up front goaltending it's a little suspect but you know these are guys that should get it done if, if it's any consolation to orlis fan jack campbell has had hell of a playoff runs with the Leafs for the past two years so maybe if he does get the number one uh and skinner you know unproven but hey we've seen him stop pucks in the, at the nhl level so who's to say he can't do it come playoffs and now they have defense which is exactly what they need um joel tashnik kind of sucks on having tyson berry as a power play uh, driver for them there but uh i mean fuck you got mcdavid and try so who else do you really need on that power play um yeah good work by edmonton good pickups and they got their guy nothing wrong with that we'll do uh power rankings of all the best players in the offseason but mm-hmm. uh Makar is, is better than McKinnon, but not this year. McKinnon's oh. had a better year this year, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, all right. Moving down here. Uh, back to the Atlantic here. We're going back to Tampa Bay. 
Um, interesting move here, man. Uh, Tampa received Tanner Janot uh, from Nashville. Uh, they paid a lot, dude. They paid Calfoot a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Um, from the sounds of it, you guys know more about Tanner Janot. We talked about this a little bit before than I do. So, Jolie, I'm going to pass this one to you, buddy. What do you think? Sure, yeah. Uh, everybody panned this pick, this trade, when uh, it was made thinking that the Lightning gave up too much, which they did, no doubt about it. But uh, when you're the Lightning and you got those guys towards the back end of their prime, especially uh, Stamkos and Hedman, um, you got to go all in all the time. And uh, Geno is is just the kind of player that they, they want and need to, to play their style of hockey. I mean, he's like the the Nick Paul of, of the, was it two years ago they got him or last year? One of the two. Um uh, just a, a guy who's under a, a good deal, good contract, who will play that that uh, physical role in the third line, uh, much like uh, Goudreau and Coleman before. So, yeah, he just fits their mold. And uh, David Poyle, uh, credit to him, uh, recognized Tampa Bay's desperation for that kind of player, and he made him pay for it. That's for sure. So it's a great deal for both teams, uh, more so the Preds, if the Lightning uh, don't beat the Leafs in the first round, though, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, Janot is a, a damn good player. And, uh, yeah, watch out for this guy against Luke Shen. That'll that'll be a battle to watch. Yeah, the, the Lightning are, are just completely loading up to continue their dynasty. They do have the advantage of, uh, I think there's no state income tax. So, I mean, they have Kucherov for $9.5 million, point for $9.5 million for quite a few more years. But, yeah, Stamkos is a free agent after next season. Had been after the following season after that. So, yeah, they're trying to win right now while they can. And adding guys like Janot or like Brandon Hagel, they did last year. He's been a great uh, complimentary player for them. This is the type of players that they need. And they're you can pay too much and also be a trade that makes sense for you. But the Lightning have no picks this year until round six. Uh, no picks next year until Fuck round them three, picks. and then <laughs> no picks in 2025. I mean, they, they lost their first pick round pick in 2025. So, yeah, they're completely loading up for for this dynasty, which they should be doing. They've been one of the best teams in the league for probably almost a decade at this point, which helps when you have Vasilevsky. You have you know Kucherov, Point, Damkos there as well. And as long as they're there, they're going to still be a uh, force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference going to be a fantastic series uh, between the Lightning and Leafs. Uh, Talon, what do you think the, the line would be on this series? We talked about this last show. Mm-hmm. Now, he's going to be lower than what me. Would you, what would you take, what would you take the Leafs me. at? To win the series. Yeah, I think last year it was Leafs plus one, or Leafs minus 125, Lightning plus 105, or opposite way. See, I feel like, yeah, I, like I, I feel like Vegas is going to have the Leafs favorited, but like Fuck, as a hockey fan, like you guys know the sport. Should they be? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yes, they should. They should. 100% they should. Um, so it would probably be about that. Maybe like minus 120. Fuck. Yeah, that's probably what I'll go with, right? Probably minus what 120. Say, yeah. I, I, what would you say? You Goldie, take at least probably minus 130, you said? Yeah, under, under minus 130, buddy. They're going to be higher. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, Talon's, Talon's underselling it. Well, yeah, it's, he's, he's, I've been hurt before. He's, he's a, what do you yeah, want exactly. to say? Fucking minus yeah, 200? A, a no. long-suffering <laughs> first-round yeah. loser. Yeah, no, no. If you look, if I talked to, I don't know if you guys saw the conversation I had in the Discord with, um, I think it was like, what, a gesturing archer or whatever the fucking that guy's name is. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like if you look at it, I think they match up better than Tampa, but does that mean, like, they're going to get it done? No, I, it doesn't, man. Like, 
I don't know. We don't got to go crazy and do it right now. We'll save that for like a playoff preview show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm not I'm excited. Okay. You're I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know. I hate it. I hate it so much. Why can't I can't even say that. I can't be like, why can't we just get Columbus or Montreal? Because we lost to both those teams in the fucking playoffs and play in. So it doesn't even fucking matter. Where to go, guys? Where to put me down? Uh, <laughs> all right here. Uh, yeah, I think that's a uh, it's a hefty package. But but Joel said it, man, like this guy's a fucking grinder, man. And, you know, he's, he's got some offensive skill as well, too. So don't get me wrong. But like you said, going into quarter, seeing him going against Luke Shen is going to be fucking sweet. Right. It's going to be an absolute battle. And Ryan touched on it, too. Tampa's going all in and as they should. You know, they got guys that are on the tail end of the careers that are still studs that are still assets. You know, Victor had men, Steven Stamkos. Like these these guys are still players, and you know when you got smoke them if you got them, right? So, um, good for Tampa. It's gonna be a hell of a series, man. And yeah, it cost a lot to get them, but you know, like Jolie said, sometimes you just gotta say fuck them picks, yo. All right, moving down here. Now, there's a certain guy on this show, Pennsylvania native. Okay, there's a team in Pennsylvania that did a lot. I don't think it's the team in Pennsylvania he wanted to do a lot. Ryan Gilbert, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Made some acquisitions. They picked up Granlin, Benito, Kulikov. I didn't look at the trades. I don't know who they sent out the door. <laughs> but I know how much you love the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're your oh, favorite yeah. fucking team. What do you think about these deals? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I'm a New Jersey native, although I do live uh-huh. in Philadelphia now. Um, it was enjoyable seeing it's, it's enjoyable seeing the Penguins fans on Twitter crumbling and seeing saying Ron Hextall sucks. Why is he doing all these trades? Yeah. That's what we dealt with in Philadelphia for, for so many years. I was a fan of Hextall as GM until his last few years there. It seemed like that he was having a good rebuild, but it's a uh, last dance type of thing for the Penguins, and they apparently gave up too too many future picks for uh, these guys who may not move the needle too much. Uh, Michael Granlin from the Predators for a second-round pick, Nick Bonino from the Sharks for a uh, fifth and seventh and then Kulikov for a third, which, you know, th- those those draft, those draft round picks don't really matter too much in the draft. But he had to do something after those fire Hextall chants, and, and uh, Mike Sullivan came out kind of supporting his team. He did. Uh, I don't know if they're going to really move the needle too much for the Penguins. I still think they're going to probably be bounced in the first round by either Carolina or Boston. But, you know, it's it's uh, they did something, which is be- which is more than the Flyers did. So. They did something. You got to give them props for that. The Bruins are doing the last dance. The Penguins are doing the last uh, hobble or hump or uh, trip and fall <laughs> the, the or last whatever. Hump. That's crawl. But Penguins are in the last hump. The last hump, yeah. Uh, Granlin, Bonino, these guys were fine players a few years ago. Bonino maybe more than a few years ago. But they are absolutely washed right now. Uh, both having bad, bad seasons. I uh, don't know much about Kulikov at all. I don't know how he's doing, but uh, Granlin Bonino, absolutely not the players that uh, the Penguins really needed. I think they needed another, uh, a better defenseman if they were gonna, if they were gonna go push these chips in. I mean, uh, yeah, Sid, Gino, Chris Tang, these guys aren't getting any younger, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see these guys putting them over that hump. So. Fuck man, the peng- penguins are uh, not much better in my opinion after after these additions and their their future just looks a lot bleaker. So yeah, I guess that's that's good news for uh, uh, Ryan's uh, Pennsylvanian team. But uh, 
I still fancy the Penguins. They'll they'll put up a fight, I think, but uh, I don't think that they got the horses or the defense or even the goaltending right now to uh, match up with the better teams in the East. Yeah, I, I want to apologize. This is not the last dance at all. I don't know why people are calling this. Crosby is under contract for two more years after this one. Uh, yeah, Malkin for three more. And Chris Letang until uh, 2028. So it's not the last dance. Maybe just for Ron Hextall, but they have those guys locked up. You know what, man? Like, when I think yeah, of these trades... They, they're getting worse. They're getting worse every year, so... I don't know. This could be it. To, to me, when I look at these trades, man, like, it's... It's like you guys said, it's all, it's scraps. Like, Jolie was touching it earlier. Like, it's just fucking, they reached into the trash bin, and this is what they pulled out. It seems to me like it, they're deals for the sake of making deals. Just to be like, yeah, we did something at the deadline. We added to our team. It's like, did you really? Like, I don't know. Like, is, did any of this jump off the page to you? No, not whatsoever. And, you know, we talked about it. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh, they're going to make playoffs. They're a fine team, but they're a wildcard team. Do you think the Pittsburgh Penguins, with these additions, and as they currently stand, they realistically have a shot against either... Boston, probably Carolina, or the Rangers in the first round? No, not a fucking chance, man. Think about it this way. The Penguins haven't missed the playoffs since Crosby's rookie year. I don't think mm. they're making the playoffs next year. That's what I mean in terms of the last hump. Uh, mm. This is uh, th- this team's not going to be better next year. I have very little uh, confidence in that, unless they have some... Uh, Ron Hextall pulls uh, an ace up his sleeve and has a masterful uh, free agency period, but uh, I give that about a 5% chance. Yeah, Ron Hastel's Ron Hastel's got a two seven up his sleeve. <laughs> David Pasternak to Pittsburgh, no, uh, <laughs> too little, too late, baby. Um, yeah, unless unless the Crosby factor happens, right? Like unless Sid just fucking has an unreal playoffs here and literally carries his team, fucking kicking and screaming. But like I just said, look at the there's three teams realistically they're going to be played against in the first round, either Boston, Carolina, or the Rangers, and I don't see them stacking up against any of those guys. Yeah, Ron Hextall is absolutely in a uh, fantasy world if he thinks he can compete with them. And speaking of fantasy, uh, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got to cover for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we're moving uh, back out west a little bit here. We're going over to Los Angeles, baby, and we're not talking about the Chargers. No, no, not today. Uh, We're talking about the Kings. Uh, Los Angeles acquires, uh, what is it, it Vladimir Gavrikov? Some of the V, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. If it's a Victor. Russian guy, it's heat. Victor, Vladimir. They got Gavrikov. <laughs> Vladislav. Oh, fuck. Of course it is. Vladislav Gavrikov. That's a sick handle, yo. Vladislav Gavrikov and Yotis Corpusello, uh, in exchange for Jonathan Quick, a first and the third, uh, going Columbus's way here. Um, yeah, this is a good move for the Kings, man. They got it. They got Gavrikov. He's a solid defensive defenseman. Um, that, that's what they need, right? They need to bolster that blue line a little bit. Drew Doughty can still play. Yo. I know he's getting up there and old, but he's still just a fucking stud. I, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for Drew Doughty. And then, uh, sure up the goaltending as well. You know, Jonathan Quick, let's face it. I love Jonathan Quick. When I was, you know, when I was a goalie playing in fucking the early 2000, or sorry, the early 2010s and shit like that, Quick was the fucking man, yo. We It was him and Carey Price. Everybody looked up to those two. They were fucking awesome. Two different styles. Uh, what he did was nothing short of exceptional, so not to put him down too much, but let's face it, he's fucking played like shit. He's old. He's worn down. His body hurts. He just can't kind of keep up with the style of game that he does play. 
So yeah, he struggled. And this is a great move by the Kings. So they brought in, you know, Corpusella, who let's face it, he's he's a good goalie, man. We've seen this guy play. He's been it's a case of a good player on a shit team. Ask fucking John Gibson about it. He'll tell you all fucking about it, man. Um so it's good. So you throw Copley, you got Corpusello, you kind of solidify your goaltending heading into the playoffs, looking for a run here. Uh bolster up your defense, all cost you as a couple picks and Jonathan Quick. And before I was going to save this for because of the next thing we're going to talk about. Um, but I'm just going to say it now. All you fucking pussies are like, oh, L.A. did so wrong by fucking quick. Well, guess what? He's a fucking NHL player under contract with doesn't have a no move clause. They can do whatever the fuck you want with him. It's just good move sending into a team like fucking Columbus, especially out of the blue. Like nobody saw this coming. Yeah, it sucks. But guess what? That's part of the fucking gig, man. So I know he was pissed off about it, rightfully so. I would have been pissed off too. This is all you've ever known. You have 15 years living in fucking Los Angeles, making millions of dollars. Like, that's a blast for anybody. Now you got to go to Columbus. Obviously, he's not in Columbus. We'll get to that later. But still, like, fucking get over it, buddy. It's all good. Um, and if you're a fan that's pissed off about it, I guess, like, just fucking pull, the, pull your head out of your ass and just realize that it's a business. Exactly. Took away their mouth. It's just a reminder that it's a business and the owners care about profit. I mean, they want to win, but mostly they care about profit. And uh, getting rid of his contract definitely helped them. And the West is pretty much wide open so far this season. I think after the Avs, if they're healthy in the playoffs, they're definitely the favorite there. But like no one else is, is going to be scary like, you know, Boston, Carolina, the Rangers and Devils and Leafs and, and Lightning all are in the East. Like the East has probably. Most of the favorites for the cup in the West, if you can win a few rounds and, and get hot for for a month, you can end up in the, in the Stanley Cup final and have a seven game series for, for the cup. So the, the Kings needed to do what they had to do to add a uh, Gavrikov and shore up their goaltending there. And it's it's good business by them to uh, to get those players. And hopefully for them, for their sake, they can you know make it out of the Pacific and, and make some noise in the playoffs. Kings went for the, they were looking for Chikrin, but uh, they ended up settling for the the budget version of Chikrin and uh, Kavrikov <laughs> here. Um, yeah, he's not the, the Blue Jackets' best defenseman. I don't think he was their second best defenseman. And uh, that's not good if you're looking down the depth chart on a team that's uh, as poor defensively as, as they are. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of Gavrikov, but uh, the Kings do have better defensemen in front of him, of course. So he should be a, a good depth piece, at least, uh, if, even if they paid um, too much for him and yeah the, the talent said it all about Corpus Allo just solidifies the goaltending with uh, the rookie there from Alaska Phoenix Copley uh, struggling of late and uh, I'm just going to go right to the Knights now like how about those fucking sneaky ass Knights hanging uh, <laughs> yes. quick from Columbus for like uh, for all of a sudden all of a yeah. sudden his value goes way up because uh, there's a good chance that the Kings play the Knights in uh, the first round. So uh, I imagine he's going to be ultra motivated to, in net for the Knights there. And um, yeah, watch out because this guy can can turn it on when he wants to. We'll see if he can still do it at his, his old age. But uh, if if, uh, if anyone can make him uh, motivated like that, it'll be the Kings now, given how uh, upset he was, well, rightly or wrongly. And, of course, the Knights picked up Barbashev, who is, uh, yeah, just adds a bit more bite and grit and whatnot to their their uh, third line there. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, the, the Knights are a big team. They'll be tough to play against in the playoffs, and that's what you want. Fuck yeah, man. They're a team, like, when talking about Vegas, like, this is the team that Loki has been battling injuries all fucking year long, and nobody's really talking about them right now. And you know what? 
You should be, bro. You're going to count out this fucking team. Shea Theater is absolute start on the back end. You got Jack Eichel. You got a pissed off Jonathan Quick. He's going to be just packing fucking massive chaws. Just fucking dipping all game long. Just fucking nicotine buzzing. And he's out for fucking blood. Look out for fucking Vegas, man. That's all I'm saying here. There's no reason they can't go around and run. Ryan touched on it. The West is virtually wide open, dude. Uh, not too many scary teams. Colorado's getting their shit together, so they're, they're a fucking scary team. We'll get to them later. Um, but, yeah, look the fuck out for the Knights, man. That's scary. Yeah, I, I love that addition of Quick for the Knights. Even if he doesn't end up being the starter, if uh, I don't know if Lanner has a chance to come back or if Logan Thompson comes back and just takes that job. It gives them another option in the playoffs, someone that has won the cup before. And at the worst worst case, you have a great scouting report on potentially your first round or second round opponent in the Kings. Mm-hmm. And the Vegas Golden Knights, I think, are, are being slept on a little bit in, in the West. So they're uh, right up there with the Avs. And they're not even, Avs are 275 to win the West, and Vegas is plus 600. So that's probably my pick right now is Vegas at plus 600. I think they're Jack Eichel, Marsh so if Stone comes back, it's going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. True. Um, all right, we're going to head back over to the East a little bit here. We're going to talk about uh, Team Finland. Oh, sorry, I mean the uh, Carolina Hurricanes here. Uh, Carolina picked up uh, Jesse Pujarvi, uh, as well as Shane Gothisburg. Uh, the Pujarvi trade, they just traded him for some other fucking Finn. Uh, I don't know that guy's name or whatever he's done, but he's Finnish and he is on Edmonton now. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a prospect. Um, and then for the for the Shane Gothisbury trade uh, as a third round pick going in Arizona's way, um, you know what? Like maybe you, maybe you guys think other should Carolina have tried to do more, or is it a case of like if it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it kind of thing, right? Like this team's been gel and they've been awesome all year long. Um, if Freddie Anderson decides he actually wants to play and him and Ranta is a tandem, that's you know that's great. And they you know the, we've been saying yeah they need offense they need offense obviously it sucks what happened to Pacioretty I don't think he'll be back for the rest of the year come playoffs um, that's an absolute shame but fuck man they got some guys here bro like Puyarvi maybe a fresh start is what this kid needs he's been saying it for his entire fucking career in Edmonton and you gotta remember he was on the World Juniors he was on a line with Sebastian Ajo and Patrick Laine back when Team Finland won the fucking gold medal just lighting the lamp right so maybe there's something there that you don't really uh you don't really think about too much. They got the other Finn, fucking Yesberry, Kotkaniemi in the mix there too. Maybe it's just fucking all these Finns just going to be having a great time. Can the Finns get the win or are they out for dinner? I don't know, boys. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Canes, they're always, they're one of the best uh, front offices in, in sports right now. And, and adding Jesse Piarvi, I think, is a great add for them. They didn't give up too much for them. I don't know much about the prospect that they did give up. But yeah, he, he's a he's a big body. He can you know fit in on, on the third line there. Maybe even move up to the second line with Cockney or or pair them somehow on the third line. And and Gostisbury is a great uh, power play weapon, uh, playing third pair for them. Probably going to be on the second power play with a uh, Brady Shea on, on the top unit. But he could work his work his way up if Burns doesn't take that spot. He did score tonight against uh, Arizona in Arizona against his former team. Yeah, Carolina. If, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, I, I would like to see them add add a score. I don't know if anyone was out there. I mean, they weren't going to get, like, Meyer or Kane or Tarasenko. But adding a JVR type for, for a third-line power play power play winner yeah. may, maybe would have been okay. But I, I'm not going to not gonna question the Canes too much. They, they've built this team up, uh, built a strong foundation, got Rod Brindamore in there. So 
they're they're the favorite in the metro and they're right behind boston in, in the east for me so carolina is going to be one of the teams i am following pretty clo- pretty closely as the playoffs approach and in the playoffs the hurricanes don't pay for rentals that's what it comes down to i mean they True. do need a score especially after patrick went down but ever since ron francis uh, was the gm of the canes they haven't uh, done much at the deadline it doesn't matter how good their team is or what their window is, they just uh, they just don't do it. They stick to their philosophy, their strategy, and uh, and build through their draft and development. And uh, that that's a big reason why Seattle didn't do anything this uh, window either, because uh, they had a chance to take advantage of a weaker West and and uh, capitalize on their strong season with some additions, but they didn't do it because uh, Ron Francis is uh, is the like the architect of that that hurricane way. Um, but uh, yeah, for the players themselves, Puliyarvi. Yeah, analytics, darling. Uh, I test not so much, but players love him. Uh, I heard that Miko Rantanen was was practically begging uh, Chris McFarland to uh, trade for him. But uh, the other, the other, there were more Finns over there in Carolina, and then yeah, I guess I their, their, their begging was was a bit more powerful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Gossip Bear was. Uh, I remember his breakout year for the Flyers, and he was amazing. Mm, but so he hasn't good. quite been the same player since then. But uh, yeah, the, the, he's another good puck moving defenseman that the the Canes could use uh, probably on the second line uh, with with Burns in the first. Puyarvi, arguably the ugliest player traded at the deadline. Between him and Orlov. Oh, yeah. Ooh, buddy. Puyarvi looks like a dinosaur. Orlov looks like a block of Legos, so I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of hard-hitting, trade-breaking analysis you get at the Hockey Gambling Podcast, folks. Uh, All right, moving back out uh, west here. We're heading down to Cold, boring, empty, flat plains. If it's fucking thunder, snowing here, God knows what it's doing. In Winnipeg, baby, the Winnipeg Jets able to acquire forward Nino Niederreiter in exchange for his second round pick to Nashville. Um, I don't know, like speed, I guess. He's fast. He can score a little bit. He's got some offensive offside or upside rather. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, just another guy. Realistically, though, with the team that did have cap space. I think a lot of us were kind of expecting Winnipeg to maybe do a couple or make a couple more moves here. Um, one thing I think, I think it was Josh Morrissey that came out and he backtracked his words when he said it, but I think he was like among the lines of like, yeah, we're not really like, we don't really feel like we're hard to play against like from a physicality point of view right now, or they're playing scared or something like that. And that's not exactly what you want to hear, man. But I don't know. I guess, so this is a good addition, you know, nothing around, you know, need rider, you know, paying second to get him, That's fine. But like, I just kind of had higher hopes for Winnipeg here, man. Yeah, Niederreiter a good uh, second-line winger, probably maybe third line once Perfetti comes back. Uh, also got Nemestikov, who was with the Lightning, got traded to the Sharks, I believe, so that they got him for some depth. But yeah, they, they don't have anyone that's like no enforcers, no no physical players you really look at, especially on defense. I mean, they have Morrissey now that's, that's stepping up offensively, Neil Piak, but... You would like to see them. I'll give him that. He's a fucker. He might not be. Dubois is a a fucker, yes. But like, even if they added somebody like a Luke Shen type, like a third pair defenseman that is physical, blocks shots, you know, goes in the corner, hits players, the human erasers, stuff like that. But they're they're still a good team. Still have a Connor Hallibuck there in net, who, you know, that's what you need in the playoffs is is a strong goalie, and he is definitely that. So. You know, they didn't they didn't break the bank for Nino. They they weren't going to I think the season for no matter who they got. Their their center depth I think is a bit iffy with uh 
I guess Dubois is going to be back, but they had Lowry playing second line center tonight. So th- they'll be fine top six wise and, and goalie wise, but I don't think they have, they have the depth for a uh, long run. Uh, I don't know about uh, you guys saying that they don't have uh, some physical guys. I mean, Blake Wheeler, Adam Lowry, uh, and their their bottom six is, is totally lacking in skill. They're just big, heavy guys. Uh <laughs> There's not a lot of talent there in the bottom six, but uh, they they can they can move the body around. That's for sure. But defensively, yeah, you're right. There there's no real uh, threatening presence on the back end. But uh, yeah, Nita Ryder is is a nice uh, addition. Fits in with their style of play. Um, yeah, but the like yeah, similar with Seattle, what I was saying there, they they could take advantage of how weak it is and uh, make a good run. But maybe everyone's just scared of. Uh, Colorado or Edmonton, I don't know, but uh, they're not exactly. Uh, they let the East get all the spoils. Is what it came down to. Um, but yeah, the Winnipeg should be a, a tough out in the playoffs, uh, especially with Rick Bonus at the helm. He knows how to get the most out of his team when it matters most. All right, moving down to our last team here. Uh, we're sticking it out west. Uh, we're going over to Colorado here. Uh, Avalanche able to acquire Lars Ellers, 31% pertain. Got to get that 1% in uh, from Washington for a second round pick. Joel, this is your team, buddy. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about the deadline as a whole? What do you think about the uh, the Eller edition? Uh, how, how's the team looking? Well, we saved the best for last. Anyway, uh, <laughs> biggest bet. deal. Lars Eller, Habs legend, won a cup with the Caps. Um, yeah, he's a, he'll provide a... More experience, of course. Uh, well, most of the Avalanche team already won a cup, so I don't know if that's the problem. But uh, he'll be a great uh, third-line center. Um, not Hopefully, they're not play, playing him on the second line. That will not be good. <laughs> but he's also uh, an elite penalty killer still. He's lost his scoring touch somewhat, and he's uh, slowed down since his, uh, yeah, his, his prime, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he'll just stick him on the third line and then and do his two-way thing and then be a good penalty killer, and that's all they're asking him to do. Uh, a little disappointed not getting any uh, other additions to the team, given the fact that uh, it's going to be a tough offseason in terms of the cap and paying McKinnon next year. Uh, this this could have been a chance for us to go on a nice run as well. But, uh, I mean, at least the uh, there's still some... Some uh, food in the cupboard, so to speak, uh, going forward. And we, we kept some uh, of our few remaining picks. I mean, we oh, gave no, up no, all no. the picks last year. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we got we got dicks. We don't got picks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them picks, bro. Yeah, it, it was a, uh, I mean, the Avalanche didn't have much to work with, I'm sure, at the deadline. But they added a, a good veteran, veteran pentacle there in, in uh, Lars Eller. It's a matter of them just... Getting healthy for, for the playoffs, it seems like that's what they're doing now with uh, McCarr hopefully back on Saturday. Just have uh, Landis Gog out still, hopefully he'll be back by the playoffs. They're going to be the team to beat again in, in the West. Uh, Gorgiev has, has stepped in there and been great. Um, Franz, Franz Suze there as a backup has been solid as well. The Avs are, are they're both good, and they added, you know, JT Comfer has, has stepped up great as a second-line center. He's due for a... Probably a big payday in the offseason, but adding Lars Eller for that depth there is going to be be great for them. Win some face-offs, kill some penalties. So, yeah, a uh, tidy piece of business there for the uh, Avalanche and Joe Sackick. Yeah, I agree. It was a good addition, man. Like Joel touched on, too. The guy can kill penalties, right, with Lars Eller. Um, 
No, he's been around Chris the league. McFarland is the GM, by the way. I know Joe Sackick is the big boss, but is he the Chris president? McFarland is, That's Joe Sackick. Yeah, he's the president. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, the yeah. Shanahan. So true. Chris McFarland is is doing the work now. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. But like I was saying, it's a it's a good addition. You know, you need penalty killers. You know, that's a big part of playoff hockey, right? Like, there's you're gonna be on the fucking PK, man. It's gonna happen. So, um, good acquisition. I think what Ryan said is is uh is really smart and really good too. Uh, one of their biggest additions is just gonna be getting everybody healthy come playoff time, man. If they can do that, there's no reason why this Colorado team can't fucking win uh win a pretty wide open West and uh. Make it to the back to back uh, Stanley Cup finals here, man. I think it's it's the expectation for this team, and it's you know it's not like it's not a reality. It's it, it can happen. So uh, you touched on it too. Gorgi has been he's been outstanding for these guys this year, um, at least from a numbers point of view. Maybe Jolie watched it, and so he uh, he would obviously know more than I would when it comes to that. But uh, based off the games that I've seen and the numbers I've looked at, he, he's been fine, man. And that's you saw it last year. That's all you can ask for. If you got some guy in there that as long as he's not losing you games you're going to be in good shape for this Colorado team, man. So uh, look out for look out for the Avalanche and uh, a nice strong addition here. Considering Kemper played again uh, behind a much better Avs team last year, uh, Georgiev has similar numbers, so I'd say that Georgiev has been even better than Kemper was uh, last year. Plus, Kemper had a, a slow start to the year, whereas Georgiev has stepped right in and been good the whole season long. Oh, he's a guy that's been waiting for a shot at the number one job, right? You know, he finally he was backing up Lundqvist for a little bit there, for Christ's mm-hmm. sakes. And then fucking and Sturkin Sturkin. come in. Yeah, yeah Sturkin comes in and kind of takes the starting job away from him when it's finally his term, you know? Sometimes all you need is a chance, man. Fucking A. All right, boys. Holy shit. That wraps up a lot. Um, One quick thing. I don't know. Give, each of you, give me one winner and one loser from a team perspective here. Ryan, you go first. Um, the winner is probably going to be the Rangers has to be here. I got two more players, especially Kane that wanted to play there that they were able to make it happen to get them. And, and uh, Tarasenko, they got the, uh, the top six help that they need and they have to start in. If he can go on a run again, they, they made the conference final last year. Maybe this puts them over the hump and the loser. Um, I was debating if I'm going on a flyers rant this, this episode, but I will. <laughs> Fire Chuck Fletcher. What the <laughs> fuck is he doing? I wrote something on Browser Hockey today. It got published right after the d- deadline happened. He, he's just gotten worse and worse at every deadline or offseason, whatever whatever have you. He started out hot. He was he was shoring up the team. They made the playoffs the first year, but since then it's just been tanking. Not even tanking, just them being awful and Carter Hart being good enough to make them not tank. And he came out today and said, you know what? I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing my job. So you're not doing your job? Fucking fire him. Why is he still the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers? I don't know if they're waiting for the offseason to fire him. I don't know what's happening there. But there is just no hope whatsoever for Philadelphia hockey fans. We we have no star players to count on. Travis Konechny is our <laughs> top guy. He'd probably be the fourth or fifth best player on an actual NHL Stanley Cup contending team. Our defense is in complete shambles after signing Rasmus Ristolainen for five years, Tony D'Angelo for, for two years rather than getting Johnny Hockey, who wanted to come here. But it's hard to move money, Chuck Fletcher said. It's hard to be a GM. <laughs> he sat back and, and waited for people to call him until before the trade deadline. I don't understand what the Flyers are doing. At least the Canucks are, are being active. I, I said the Canucks and Flyers are, are kind of similar in, in that way, that they're both kind of lost. But the Canucks have Pedersen. They have Quinn Hughes. They have Brock Besser. They have these guys that can build around. The Flyers have these long contracts that whoever is the next GM is going to have to just buy out or, or, or send out for nothing. 
So I'm, I'm hoping Kyle Dubas gets fired and comes to Philadelphia and, and revamps the Flyers, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Chuck Fletcher needs to get fired, and we just have to just go into a tank, start a rebuild, and just commit to it. I think the Bruins are the clear winners in this trade deadline. Uh, I know the Leafs had a very active one as well, getting some good deals done, some great playoff players in there. But I think uh, the, the what puts Boston over the top is just how seamlessly these guys should fit in there, whereas Toronto's kind of like having an identity crisis in terms of uh, switching out their style of um, um, players, you know, like uh, Engvall for... Lafferty is is a is a pretty significant change in terms of their um how they play. Obviously, both fast guys, but uh, totally different in terms of mentality and whatnot. And uh, McCabe and and Shen on the back end instead of Sandine, that's a dramatic shift as well. So Boston, Orlov, Hathaway, Bertuzzi, these guys are like I said earlier, just uh, they they fit in seamlessly and uh, add a lot of skill and depth and uh, hardness. Hard dicks to the Bruins uh, team. Deal. Yeah, and I was for my loser. I was gonna go with the Canucks, but uh, they're they're not as big losers as the Flyers, so I'm not gonna be outdone <laughs> that way. Um, Thanks. So I'll go with the Pittsburgh Penguins with their. I'm all in for you know throwing the chips in the middle and going for it when your guys are uh, getting old and whatnot. Uh, but, but this is the last hump for a reason, and uh, Granlund, Bonino. Kulikov are not going to get you over that hump. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's just uh, giving away picks, I think. These guys are not the ones to put you over the top, so I don't understand giving up capital for them. Granlin is a shell of himself. Bonito is a shell of himself. Maybe a good locker room guy, of course. Those old guys, those old guys still remember him, whatever. But uh, as for on-ice play, I don't see him being a, a factor for them in the playoffs. If they even get there, that's not guaranteed at all. True. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Pittsburgh. So that was one thing I wanted to say too. Like this is this is a prime example of why like Tampa putting together that package for a guy like Terry Janot or even like the Leafs paying a bit for what they got. Like it's worth it because you get your guy. Like I know it costs you a lot of money, but you go out ahead of time. You get ahead of all the other teams. You're like, hey, this is the guy I want. You identify him. What does it take for me to get him? Right. And if you don't do that, you're stuck trading for fucking Granlin, Benino, and Kulikov at the trade deadline, and you're out those same fucking draft capital anyways. Right. So something to be said for that. Um, uh, for myself, I would have picked Boston and Pittsburgh. That's probably who I would have gone by. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna copy off Joel here. Um, I'm gonna stray from the beaten path a little bit here. Okay. For me, the winners of the trade deadline, and this isn't just of this trade deadline. This, you know, stems back to last year a little bit. I'm going with the Arizona State University Coyotes. You know why? Nice. <laughs> this team has 24 fucking picks in the first three rounds over the first th- or next three years. Holy fucking shit, bro. If Okay, if you're playing junior hockey or college hockey or something, there's probably like a fucking like 12% chance that you're going to be an Arizona State University Coyote in your, when you get drafted in the next three years. Um, so be that what it may, uh, my loser of the trade deadline would have to be the NHL fans because we're going to see a lot of great fucking talent wasted out in Arizona State University. So <laughs> that fucking sucks. Uh, and God, I hope they don't get Bedard. That's all I'm going to leave it at, man. Oh, fuck that. I would hate that. Not only because he's in the division with the Avalanche, but uh, just he, he deserves to be playing somewhere better than uh, fucking Arizona in that pinky-ass arena. He's going to go to Chicago, and they're just going to start their dynasty again. Hell yeah. That's going to be so weird. They're just going to... Oh. Not, not hell division. yeah. How is that hell yeah? Fuck hell Chicago. yeah. 
Hell yeah. Send Montreal. Him to Chicago. Send Keep him to Montreal. away from Toronto, baby. Keep him or away from the Atlanta. Vancouver. You've got enough demons in you. Give yeah, him the Ducks. Give him to the Ducks. Yeah, Ducks are fine. That's cool. Somewhere out west. Bro. No. <laughs> no. He needs to be on a prime team. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a big market. No, 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 no. You don't I prefer that over the Ducks. Portarello would bench him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Looking at that fucking iPad. Yeah, buddy, come on. Quit checking your fucking hair. Let's go. Um, all right, boys. Anything else to add here? Trade deadline day. Any uh, little thoughts you might have had or anything? Fire Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> Jolie. Nah, man. Nope. I covered whatever. All right. All right. That's all good. Mine is uh, Dubas will be a Leaf next season. I guarantee you. Um, okay, boys. That pretty much covers it up. Uh, everybody go check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Network website. That's the place to be. Tons of stuff going on, man. Tons of articles. I know we pump him up a little bit, but like, go fucking read this shit. Ryan's busting his tits off all the time, pumping out good stuff. Um, and everybody else that writes there, too, is doing awesome stuff. Julie does some great work as well. So go check out the articles. Actually read them. Don't be fucking dumb. Go read or learn to read and then go read the articles. Uh, and check out all the other shows, man. There's tons of stuff going on. We got hockey. Obviously, we got NBA. March Madness is happening. F1 kicks off this weekend. NASCAR has been popping off the past couple of weeks. Golf has been doing its thing. It's fucking sweet. Baseball preseason's happening. We got the World Tournament of Champions in baseball, I think. <laughs> I'm going to get it one of these days. That's going on. There's tons of good stuff, man. I don't, XFL is doing its thing, too. USFL is right around the corner. Let's fucking go. McLeod Bethel Thompson, USFL Breakers, New Orleans, baby. Let's fucking go. Uh, tons of good stuff, man. So you can find it all at the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, Network website. And, of course, shout out to all of our friends and pals in the Discord. What a support system, baby. Where would we be without you? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you're in there, if you're not in there, you're not making money. And everyone's having a good time. They're helping each other out. They're giving bets, picking winners, and learning to uh, learning to how to do certain plays. And, you know, you got Beijing Wings talking about how fucking crazy it is living in Beijing. So that's pretty cool. Tons of stuff. That's the hard-hitting analysis you get in the Discord, baby. So shout out to all of our friends and pals in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you're not making money. Uh, I'm still impressed every time you remember Baseball Money is Fake, the name, name of the other podcast. So the, wor- <laughs> the World Baseball Classic, I believe, starts on... Uh, March 7th, which is Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. But yeah, if you're listening now over an hour into this podcast and you have not left a five-star rating review, what the fuck are you doing? You're just an absolute coward. Leave us a five-star rating review on Apple, sg.pn slash hockey. Spotify, you can leave us a five-star uh, rating, sg.pn slash hockey s. And give us a follow on Twitter as well, at hockey sgpn. We are looking for a, a Twitter intern, uh, pay to be, to be determined, for the rest of the season and the playoffs to so tweet out clips uh podcast of what's going on so if you're interested in that you can hit us up on twitter at hockey sgpn may or may not pay you in stickers we will see i still got a bunch i still got a bunch <laughs> uh all right everybody my name is talent jenkins you can find me on twitter talent underscore jenkins on before you can also find me hiding from fucking thunder snow because apparently that's a thing I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop and find me on Broad Street holding a fire Chuck Fletcher sign. I'm Joel Meyer, and you'll find me trading this juice for some damn good beer tomorrow because I'm getting drunk. Hell yeah. Woo! Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Julie. Oh, yeah. Baby.